0: And Welcome to the Career Success Podcast. On this episode, we will be joined by Juan Amat. Juan has 17 years experience, 12 within the consumer goods industry, and has worked in Madrid, Barcelona, Lisbon, Warsaw, and Geneva. He started his career in management consulting, but decided to move into the FMCG industry in 2004 after completing his MBA at INSEAD. His first role was at PepsiCo in Spain and Portugal within marketing, but quickly grew into sales, business planning, and general management. In his role as commercial general manager for Central Europe, he delivered double-digit sales growth in beverages quoted in four consecutive PepsiCo global quarterly earnings releases. He's currently the VP General Manager Nutrition for Western Europe and Sub-Saharan Africa where he leads fruits and veg and cereal categories totaling more than 2 billion US dollars in retail sales value. This includes brands such as Tropicana, Quaker, Naked Juice and El Valle. He's managing a team of over 60 people within the marketing, insights, finance, PMO, ops and R&D functions. Thank you for joining us today Juan Thank you, Lauren. As mentioned in the introduction, as the commercial general manager for CE, you and your team delivered double-digit sales growth in beverages. How did you achieve this?
1: Yes, it was a great experience in in Central Europe, where uh, basically we needed to, to go for a very thorough diagnose that, that combined a good understanding of what consumers were doing in the category, and also a very thorough review of which were the key retail customers that were driving growth in the category. We put the two pieces of diagnose together and uh, with uh, good teamwork between the marketing and the sales teams and the synchronization of our action plan, we basically ended up focusing our energy in the consumer target that uh, was more important to us and then also in the three retail customers that were driving 150% of the category growth in that geography. By putting together the plans at the right time, which was the beginning of the season uh, in this category, we ended up outperforming the market and allowing us to gain two percentile points of share on a consistent manner during three years, which allowed us basically to be some of the outlayers in terms of performance in the total PepsiCo ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a pretty impressive achievement. And I know throughout your career, it's always important to continuously, you know, get these key achievements to keep growing and being promoted. What are some other key achievements that that you had throughout your career that you
1: attribute to to this growth? Clearly, the numbers need to be there. It is true, though, that I feel that most of my achievements have to do with the impact in the way that the teams were working both with the internal uh, stakeholders but also externally so basically the, the key achievement that i feel has helped me continuously grow in my career has been shaping the teams that i led in the best combination of people that shared the passion for the vision uh, that we were going after and gave it all to make it happen uh, the scope has varied as I have moved quite a lot in terms of function and geographies, but the, rest, the essence of the recipe is the same. So that right combination of themes have happened when I was in charge of innovation and equity projects in marketing. It has been more about the cooperation with our field sales team when I was a sales director in Portugal. It has been more about the cooperation among business units when I was a finance director in the Iberia region. And uh, in my current job, it's pretty much about the leverage of external partners. So again, it's much more about shaping the teams in the right manner, allowing them to build the right combination of internal and external contributors and make sure that they're sharing the passion for the vision that we're going after and giving all the energy to make it happen.
0: Okay, and discussing a bit about, you know, your teams and and how they've helped you and, and your achievements. Um, looking a bit at, at talent management, what do you find are the biggest challenges of attracting talent to your team?
1: In general, I, I am in a privileged position where I, I do have, uh, both internally and externally, tons of fantastic talent to, uh, to to join the team. In general, it takes awareness, awareness of the work that we do, awareness of the great brands that we are Uh, working on and the vision that the company has in this side of the business and responsible for, and also the overall ambition of uh, PepsiCo in terms of growth and uh, and return to its uh, broader stakeholders, shareholders on one side, customers, employees, and also the broader communities in which uh, we operate. But as long as we are able to build this awareness, typically the responsiveness, I guess, both internally and externally, is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and how do you identify leadership potential during the interview process?
1: I always try to be quite consistent in checking some commonalities uh, around the leadership profile that I, I try to, to bring to the team. They're very basic. Uh, on one side, is really the energy and the ambition, uh, the willingness to, uh, to to make things happen. I also look for some speed of thought, so actually the ability to capture very quickly relatively complex uh, problems and, and react to them, the capacity to listen is very important. Uh, so people that actually reflect and, and listen and make the appropriate questions rather than to jump into responses, that uh, that component is also something that I believe is, is uh, an ingredient that great leaders are, are made of.
0: And I know it was a, a few years ago now that you decided to, to join PepsiCo, but why did you decide to to work at PepsiCo?
1: You're right. It was, it was already 12 years ago. So any, anything that drove me here is, is important, and I will share it. I think it's also important to share what, what keeps me here, no? because in 12 years, uh, whatever drove me here might have become obsolete. I, <laughs> was the, I, I, I was at my MBA at the time, I didn't say that. And I knew I wanted to do marketing and I knew I wanted to do consumer goods. So basically, I tapped into my network uh, from my consult- years and consulting, previously, previously to doing my MBA. And, uh, and I had some networking in PepsiCo, which I tapped into in order to uncover some existing uh, job openings. No? So I, I used that network to get into the interview process. And then it was good preparation and, and hopefully having the right profile for what they were looking for that uh, brought me in. 12 years after uh, I have not stopped learning and and having fun and and why I stay is fundamentally for two two topics, the career prospects which I do see as having no limits and also uh, because I value the power of the network I have been able to establish and that I keep nurturing throughout these 12 years. This is a network today that spans across the five continents and uh, almost every function in the company. And I think that's something that uh, it's it's very important to allow me to be an effective leader on my on my day to day.
0: Okay, well, thanks so much for for that insight. And um, let's shift a bit in terms of of the industry, the consumer goods industry. What do you see as as recent changes and trends in the consumer goods industry?
1: Clearly, everything that's going on is fundamentally driven by, by consumers. No? We, are, we are an industry that depends on a quarterly basis on how consumers evolve with their behavior. And what I'm seeing is a, an ultra-fragmentation of demand. So consumers are less and less uh, suitable for putting into buckets. So this fragmentation mm-hmm. of demand is it's one key uh, trend that I see. The other one that I believe is changing the way this industry is behaving is uh, we are having new and I would argue better ways for consumers to interact with brands which are more related to holistic experiences than just to the classical top-down marketing approach. And uh, last but not least, very important and also determining the uh, the shape of our industry uh, on a short, mid and, and long term basis is that the customer profit pool is reducing Uh, putting pressure in the total system margin. This applies specifically to the uh, more traditional grocery customers. So that's clearly influencing the way the industry is reshaping and ultimately uh, influencing the way that uh, we as companies do business. Okay.
0: And where do you think this will lead the companies five years from now?
1: I think uh, more than ever, we're going to have a polarization or a bifurcation between companies that will be on a top-line uh, growth uh, mindset and, 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 and way to operate versus companies that are going to become more just pure bottom line delivery machines. And, uh, and the, the way you feel, uh, the way you operate, uh, the way you set up your strategies and your plans, if you're in one extreme or the other, is very different. So uh, in that sense, I think that that bifurcation is going to to affect a lot the way that day-to-day these companies are behaving. Then I do also believe that uh, we are going to need more and more new type of profiles that will need to master the new ways to interact with consumers. Uh, Components like design-centric thinking, brand storytelling, grassroots activation, These are parts of uh, fundamental ways in which brands are going to be interacting with consumers, and we're already capturing that new profiles and that we're only going to be making those new abilities uh, growing more and more within our talent base. I would say that there's also the need for a broader perspective in business models and customer management versus the one we have today. So new ways to to make business out of the brands uh, that we operate with and new ways to get our products at a, an arm's length reach of our consumer base, uh, driven uh, driven by the fragmentation we're seeing also in the retailer's landscape. So I think those are, in a nutshell, the, uh, the three trends that I, I see affecting the industry. So bifurcation in either top-line or bottom-line growth, new profiles needed to master the new ways to interact with consumers, and last but not least, a broader perspective in business models and customer management.
0: Okay, Juan. Well, this is all the time we have for today. I would like to thank you for being our guest on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Lauren.
0: I hope all of our listeners have enjoyed this episode of the Career Success Podcast, and thank you so much for listening.